When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alright everybody, welcome back inside the Mid-American Bandwagon, episode 81 coming to you live this week. Zach Folador here with my partner in crime, Zach Vanuenzi. If you're in the Northeast, the Midwest, the Great Lakes region, I don't think there's a single zip code in this area of the country that's been above freezing this week, so we hope you're staying warm. There's been a lot going on on the basketball court here in the MAC though, a lot to get to, a lot of good stuff, some great games this past week. We'll get there all in due time. Vanzi, how you doing tonight, man? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, the weather has been cold. It's been chilly, but the max get ball is heating up and the action's been red hot this week. So, you know, there's a segue. Yeah, there, yeah, there you go. That's perfect. And you know, it's, it's, we're, we're at that point in the season now, Vanzi, you know, a lot of teams in the Mac, you know, obviously some COVID pauses have messed things up, but every team in the Mac with a couple of exceptions, you've played anywhere from, you know, six to eight games, nine games. In some cases, we're just about at the midway point of the conference season. We're only a little bit over a month away from the conference tournament in, uh, in Cleveland. So it's getting to be that time where, you know, these teams, if they want to make a move and start climbing the standings, it's time to make a move. It's time to, you know, stop messing around. We had some great games this week, Vanzi, some great matchups, some teams that are really starting to assert themselves on both sides of the fence and basketball here this week. Let's jump right into it on the men's side of the fence, Vanzi. You know, we talked about it last week on the podcast, uh, game of the week, one of the games of the season uh, in, in the MAC this year, Friday night in Athens, Toledo and Ohio. And Vanzi, what a performance from the Rockets, especially offensively. Toledo goes in to the convocation center there in Athens. They shoot 59% from the field, 41% from three point land, 87 to 69 Toledo knocks off Ohio, who was previously undefeated uh, in conference play. Ryan Rollins earned player of the week honors, mostly because of performances like this, 26 points, nine for 16 from the field, six rebounds, five assists. Vanzi, Ohio didn't even play that poorly in this game, but the offensive display that the Rockets put out there on Friday night in Athens was really something to behold. And you wonder if they can sustain it because of how well they're playing right now. But my goodness, the Rockets look really good offensively, especially. Yeah, I thought that was as much of a statement win as you can have, you know, before March. I mean, that was just emphatic, you know. I mean, number one against number two in the conference, and Toledo just comes out and, you know, they they showed their guns, you know, Ryan Rollins and, you know, was who we think he is. And they just came out and just, you know, every time Ohio with the home court advantage seemed to get a little bit of a run, you know, Toledo could just flip that switch again and kind of put them back in their place. And it was one of those games where, you know, must see TV, you know, I hurried home from work to be in a position to watch it. And it just, it just, I mean, for somebody hoping for a good game, it just felt flat. 
you know, because Toledo was just so much the better team um, than a very deep Ohio team and uh, just, just an emphatic win for Toledo. Yeah, it totally was. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you watch the start of that game and, you know, Toledo early in that game, I mean, they, they could not miss and it got, you know, it was pretty early in that game where, you know, I believe Toledo was up by like eight points, uh, like seven or eight minutes into that game. And you start thinking to yourself, okay, just, you know, they'll cool off a little bit and Ohio's going to make their run. You got Ben Vanderplas, you got Mark Sears, you got Jason Carter, all these guys on Ohio's team that can score. And Ohio did start to score. I mean, they ended up scoring 40 points in the second half of that game. But by that point, it was already decided. I mean, Toledo just there, I think, the thing that I have realized with Toledo is that I think their starting five, I would probably take over anybody else in, in the conference. The thing that concerns me and this game, even in this game, the things that concerns me is that the Rockets, you know, you get to you know, roster spot six, seven, eight. There's a little bit of a drop off there when you get past the starting five of Toledo, even in this game, 87 points they scored 82 of those points came from the starters in this game. Uh, Sean Saunders had five points off the bench. He was the only bench uh, player to score for the Rockets in this game. I do feel as if that might be something that comes back to haunt them down the road. But Vansy, we, we talked about this last week a little bit where. We've seen this with Toledo before under Coach Kowalczyk, right, where they look incredible in the regular season. Even last year, they earned the number one seed, can't even get to the championship game of the conference tournament. Does this team this year, watching them play, does this feel sustainable for you? Do you feel like this truly is a team that can carry this forward into March into the conference tournament? Or are we going to be talking here in a month and a half about another disappointment from the Rockets in Cleveland? Well, I mean, not only did they have this win, but they turned around and, you know, pulled it out against Buffalo 11 point victory a couple of days later. So, you know, it's hard to get bigger wins than that. Uh, Respectably the the second and now fourth best teams in the Mac, but I'd probably say, you know, those are probably your top three teams right there. A little bit concerning is the defense for Toledo. And I think when you get into March, the defense means a little bit more to everyone you know, 69 points for Ohio. That's a, you know, solid number, but then Buffalo came out, got 75 points, you know? So most nights, if you score 75 points, that's good enough to win. Wasn't for Buffalo there. Uh, The other thing you wonder about what if Toledo has that weird game where Rollins and our shoemate are in foul trouble. Yeah. You know, what, what does that look like where they don't have that much offense to answer back um, so I, and I think those are the problems we've seen with Toledo in the past. But the other thing I was looking at, and I think we could be seeing a two-bid Mac. And what would have to happen for that to happen would be essentially a Toledo collapse. Mm. But just, just, just a hypothetical here, Toledo, they keep this up. They have a great season. You know, they you know have only four or five losses the whole season. They lose, say, the Mac championship game to Ohio, Buffalo, whoever, that team gets the automatic qualifying bid. And then would Toledo, Toledo's inching to a territory where they would have a good enough record, a good enough RPI to get in as an at-large team. So that's something to potentially look at there too, is if Toledo could take that next step in the eyes of the nation 
start receiving some votes for the top 25, start looking at them as an at-large bid, even if they don't win the conference tournament. It's been very tough for Mac schools to do that, but that would be huge for the conference. It really would be. And, you know, you look at, uh, you look, you mentioned the RPI Toledo currently sitting at 47th there. So definitely they are in a position where, you know, if, if, if they can, let's say they run the table here, the rest of the, the regular season, that's, I don't think that's very likely with, you know, with, with 10 conference games left, I'm sure they'll lose at least one of those. Even if they go into the conference tournament with only five losses and they lose in the championship game, you got to wonder what that RPI is going to be sitting at, at that point in time. I hear you. There, there is a path there for it. I look at their non-conference schedule there's no great wins in the non-conference schedule they had a couple of almost they had you know a close loss at Richmond you know Michigan State kind of outclassed them a little bit the Oakland game is obviously is kind of a sore thumb that sticks out a little bit but I think every you know there's a lot of teams in the that have made the NCAA tournament over the years that have had worse losses than that. It is, it is an interesting point. And, you know, you mentioned if, if Ryan Rollins or Shumate or one of these guys gets in foul trouble, it's, I think Ryan Rollins right now, man, he, he is really the guy that stirs the drink. And he looks to me like he, he very well may win player, the con player of the year in the conference this year, 25 points a game, eight point eight rebounds a game, six assists per game over this past week, shot 58% from the field, 46% from three points. Point land. Ryan Rollins as a sophomore playing on another level right now. He looks to have that. He has that look about him, right? About a guy that could take his game and elevate it to the next level. So that's, we talked a lot about Toledo last week. We talked a lot about him tonight already. Let's, let's talk about some, some other storylines here in the Mac Vanzi. Is there any teams that, you know, you look at the, the, the results from this week, you know, Toledo, uh, Toledo goes uh, undefeated couple other teams had really nice weeks. Is there any team you see that's kind of seems to be going in the other direction, a little bit of a downward trend right now? I know there's some teams that seemed like they were playing above their, you know, punching above their weight there for a couple of weeks. It seems like there's a couple of teams though here in the Mac that are starting to kind of settle back into, to, you know, I guess regress to the mean, if you will. Um, I don't know. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I think one team that kind of jumps out at me as uh, a regression team, Kent State. They're they're you know they're decent, but then they come out and they they lose to Buffalo. It kind of felt like they had a chance going into that game to kind of put themselves in that next threshold of MAC teams after Toledo and Ohio. But I think it goes Toledo, Ohio, Buffalo, probably Akron, and then you can start talking about Kent State. And, and the the other one I would mention would be Eastern Michigan. You know, they they showed some things. Yeah, they just haven't really had a complete team since the COVID pauses, some injuries, some different things. But I thought Bowling Green uh, specifically really kind of showed out against them. 81, 85-71. Uh, that's a game that was at the beautiful Stroh Center. Love that arena, by the way. But that was a game which didn't even feel that close. Um, and I think we're seeing Eastern Michigan, who also lost to Akron by, uh, on the week. You start thinking, you know, early on in the season, boy, they got some guys. Well, Noah Farrakhan's already said, hey, he's going pro after this year. I mean, I don't know how true that's going to hold. Um, and they're just kind of, you know, it just feels like it's too much too early. They had those non-conference moments. They had the George Gervin day. And it just felt like, you know, once COVID hit the program, it's just been kind of a it, it hasn't meshed since the George Gervin day, essentially. And I think we're seeing that now for Stan Heat Sponge. Yeah, I think that's that's an interesting point you make. And it's one of those things where it's so hard to, to factor in how a COVID pause is going to affect a team. And, you know, you met, talking about Central Michigan, 
it's it really is it seems to be a, a recent kind of uh you know a, a recent phenomenon where offensively there's just not a ton happening for the Eagles. You know, you go back a couple weeks, their last victory put up 99 points against Central Michigan. Now, again, that was a Central Michigan team dealing with some of their own issues. But the Eagles have lost four straight since then, averaged 58 points a game in that four-game stretch. That includes two games under 50 against Kent State and Akron. I hear what you're saying about the Eagles. And, yeah, it did It did seem a couple weeks ago like the Eagles were, were destined to have themselves a little bit of a better season than anybody would have expected. But I think these last couple weeks have brought them back down to earth a little bit. Another team I think I would say the same thing about, Vanzi, a team that has, seems to kind of, uh, you know, regressed a little bit here over these last couple of weeks is, uh, is, is Miami. You know, this is a team that I thought looked really good in, for some stretches in the non-conference schedule. They opened up conference play with an, uh, a 10 point win at Buffalo. And then after they had a COVID pause of their own they're since that return of that COVID pause, they're two and four, uh, and their only wins in that span are against Western Michigan and Northern Illinois, two of the to the teams, you know, towards the bottom of the stands in the conference and mixed in there. I mean, they had a bad loss this past Saturday at Ball State. I think that game right there, I was interested to see that game because those are two teams to me that were very much in the middle of the pack of the conference together, very, very similar. And, and I felt like the team that won that game would have a chance to kind of climb up the standings a little bit, get up into the top half of the Mac and Miami in that game, just offensively, there was, it was tough sledding for them. They only scored 19 points in the first half ball state was up 12 at halftime. Cardinals end up winning that one 81 to 64 Miami, uh, 29% from three point land in that game, 39% from the field they had uh, you know, seven turnovers, not not a great game for for the Red Hawks, and you know as I mentioned, they had some great performances in the non conference schedule. Almost upset Cincinnati. Had had some uh, you know almost upset Georgia Tech. They have a great you know top three guys on this team: Day Day Grant, Makai Larry, Delonte Brown, all giving you more than ten points a game. But there's a, another kind of drop off, similar to what we were talking about Toledo earlier, where you know you get past those three guys, not a ton, not a ton there, not not a ton of guys that can get you a bucket. And I think uh, it seems to me that the the Red Hawks are starting to kind of again come back down to earth a little bit, which um you know I, I don't know I don't know if I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that that was expected, but it certainly was. Uh, it certainly um you know I, I think a little bit of a regression to the mean again, if you will. Were there any results this week, Vansy? Any games that that surprised you? Anything that jumped out at you? Any trends you're noticing lately here on the men's side of things that kind of caught your attention that you wanted to talk about? Well, yeah, another uh, Central Michigan postponement there yeah. against Ball State. I mean, just, uh, oof, you know, they have not had a lot of games lately. And either, you know, if they don't have COVID, the other team has COVID. Just uh, just been a mess of a season up there in Mount Pleasant, uh, trying to get games on the schedule and all that. So that was, you know, tough to see for them. I, I thought Miami, Northern Illinois was an interesting game. You know, I, I, I like Northern Illinois' defense, but they allowed 85 points to Miami. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, not to go too deep on, on Miami on this one here, but I thought that was an interesting result because those are two teams we've been bullish on. And, uh, you know, I, like you were talking about Miami, I thought uh, they might have a chance to be sneaky. And I think Northern Illinois, you know, you look at the teams with the new coaches and I think Northern Illinois and Eastern, they got some things to be positive about. You just really get that feeling with Northern Illinois that they're building something there, culture, style, 
um, where maybe not this year, but next year. Now, who knows? Transfer portals, all those things. But I thought that was an interesting uh, result. And then, obviously, I mean, I don't want to just gloss over the Toledo-Buffalo result. Uh, Buffalo, a very good team, losing by 11 to – or excuse me. Yes, yeah, so by 11, uh, losing by 11 to Toledo. So that was an impressive win. I mean, I, I almost – I would say every bit as impressive – as the Toledo, Ohio game as well. Um, so, you know, we really, we're, we're to that point now where there's some big games on the schedule every week where it's like, ooh, that's a good one, that's a good one. And you're starting to see that separation in the standings, you know, Toledo, Ohio, probably Buffalo, then probably a step down. You got Akron, Kent State, Ball State, probably another step down, Miami, Eastern, um, you know, and then another step, Central, Western, Northern Illinois and all that. So you're starting, I've said all season long, I would love to get a clearer picture, COVID pauses, non-conference schedules, hard to do that. I think you're starting to see that picture and you're starting to get into that race of what teams are going to be able to go to Cleveland because outside of the top three, really, it gets, well, actually top four, it gets real congested real quick. Yeah, it does. And, you know, uh, something, a couple games that kind of caught my attention this week, uh, a team that you mentioned briefly earlier I you know I'm 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 struggling to figure out Bowling Green because you mentioned the game against Eastern Michigan this past weekend where you know the 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 Falcons win by 14 in that game 85 to 71 and I agree with your assessment where it didn't really even seem like it was that close like the 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 Falcons to me seem like the ultimate uh, middle of the road team, if you will, in the Mac, where they play these teams, you know, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, Northern Illinois, Miami, they don't have trouble with any of those teams. They, they win those games, but then they go up against Akron, Toledo, Ohio, you know, this week for, for Bowling Green, they go two and one with wins over Eastern Michigan and Western Michigan, but then their one loss during this week, they play Akron at home. Uh, what was that last uh, last Thursday night? They have Akron comes into the Stroh Center and puts up 91 points on the Falcons, 91 to 66, the final score. Bowling Green hung around in this one for about, you know, uh, I don't know, halfway point through the first half. And then they just kind of went cold offensively. And man, when things fall apart for the Falcons, they really fall apart. I mean, again, Akron scores 91 in this game, 46 in the first half, 45 in the second half. The Zips shoot 52.5% from the field, 52% from three-point land. Even in this game, you know, Bowling Green out-rebounds the Zips 42-32, but, you know, 13 turnovers, 19 fouls. They, they send the Zips to the line 16 times. Michael Huger's squad this year, Vansy, they, just, they seem so up and down. And, you know, this is a team that last year – I don't want to say they were solely dependent on Justin Turner, but he really was the guy that ran the show for them. One of the best players in the Mac. And it seems like they're struggling to fill that void this year. They have some returning talent back to Quan Plowden, still very good, very effective. He had 20 points against, uh, against Akron the other night. Samari Curtis has had himself some good nights. Uh, Trey Diggs has, you know, he's still a good shooter, but he, you know, he's a little bit hot and cold. I just, the Falcons seem to me along with Kent state, I'd put Bowling Green and Kent state into that kind of category of they're so up and down right now. I can never under, I, I never know what I'm going to get from them on any given night, you know? 
Yeah, and I actually have some decent notes here on uh, Bowling Green. And you mentioned Bowling Green and Kent State. Well, two of the next four games for Bowling Green is against Kent State. So that's yeah. going to be kind of interesting to see. But 11-9 and nine is the record for Bowling Green. That just feels about right. They've been a, like a 500-type you know, type team some non, you know, division one schools built in there. That makes sense. I mean, they lost by one to a 15 and five Oak, uh, Oak, Oakland golden Grizzlies team. Um, but boy, when I look up and down the schedule for Bowling Green, I think they could have a mini run here. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, home against Kent state Saturday at central Michigan, that should be a victory um, home against Northern Illinois at Kent state at Miami you know, I mean, those, that's a run where they could really make a move into standings and really make that Cleveland push, uh, you know, that we, that we talk about there with them. And I, I do want to point this out. Bowling Green men's basketball, to my knowledge, is the only sports program of any school that has blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> is that um, right? You know, yes. I, you know, I, I, I forget what the comment was, but they said something like, you know, they, they, they had lost a couple of years ago to central Michigan. And uh, they said, you know, what are you focusing on today? And I said, well, maybe you should have focused on central Michigan. And, and that apparently was the last call <laughs> for them. So, you know, I, I, uh, I love their arena. I love following them, even though sometimes I have to use the hustle belt account to see what they tweeted out. Oh man. People and their feelings, you know, that's, 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 that seems like a pretty, uh, pretty innocent comment there. I guess, Hey, you're not really living though until you get blocked by somebody on Twitter. So, uh, kudos to you. You're doing something right. And, but that's an interesting point you make about the upcoming schedule for Bowling Green, because when I look at the flip side of that, you know, you mentioned Kent state as well. I, I think you could say something similar where, you know, Kent state, these next four games, you have the two games with Bowling green, which are sandwiched around the game against Miami, a game against Eastern Michigan. So if either Bowling green or Kent state, if either one of those teams can win both of those games against the other school, they're looking at a nice little run here. And then if let's say hypothetically Kent state, you know, wins those next four, including those two games against Bowling green. Then after that, you got three straight against Akron, Toledo and Ohio. So you get a little bit of a chance there to say, okay, we're on a roll now. Here's our chance to prove ourselves against three of the best teams in the conference. So certainly uh, some some big stretches uh, of the season coming up here over the next couple of weeks for both Kent State and Bowling Green. Speaking of uh, the coming schedule, Vansy, let's take a look at the week ahead here. We got another uh, Friday night doubleheader. Well, I won't call it a doubleheader this week because both games are on at the same time just on different networks, but we got two nationally televised MAC games again on Friday night for the second week in a row. Two more great games. You got Ohio traveling up to Buffalo uh, Friday night at seven on ESPNU, and then also Toledo traveling across the state to Akron to take on the Zips at seven o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Two great games there. Some interesting games this weekend. We got a full slate next week on Tuesday. Vansy, any games you got uh, circled on your calendar this week? Yeah, well, I mean, those two Friday games, those are going to be great games. You know, Ohio, Buffalo, Toledo, Akron. The Ohio, Buffalo game, I'm going to miss something. You know, when Dan Dockich was, you know, doing his ESPN bit, you know, I mean, controversial guy, former BGSU coach. But, man, that man loves the Mid-American Conference. Yeah. He has great history lessons. Um, really miss him doing the, the random Mac basketball games and say what you want about Dan Dockage, but I, I, I miss him doing the Mac games. Uh, that being said, the, other than the Friday night games, the one that I highlighted was Buffalo against Akron. 
and we've said it every week. I mean, you know, since the non-conference schedule, really, but this is a great opportunity. You know, I, I think Buffalo is the third best team in a match. You know, I think they're right there with Ohio and Toledo. I think I might take them over Ohio. Um, they're deep. They play up tempo. I like that. Um, and then they play Akron. And Akron, you know, I mean, they come out in one night. They have a good scoring game. Next time out, they score 46 points against Eastern Michigan. So, you know, who is Akron? Are they in that? Are they at that level? And can Buffalo, if Buffalo beats them by 10 or more, I mean, I think that really kind of shows you, yeah, they're they're coming for this MAC title. So that would probably be my game to watch. Other than those Friday night games, those Friday night games are, are, are pretty good. Yeah, they are. And I, I think there's probably a reason that they those games were selected for national television. I think the two teams you mentioned, you know, Buffalo and Akron, those are the two teams right I put put them right below that that top cut of I, I know you said you might take Toledo uh, Buffalo over Ohio. I think from my I would still if you put a gun to my head I'd still probably put Toledo and Ohio one two. But Akron and Buffalo are right there three and four. If Akron and Buffalo can both defend their home courts Friday night and knock off Ohio and Toledo respectively, then that um, that game in Akron Tuesday night becomes very very interesting. It's already interesting, but if both those teams can win on Friday, that's a game. That, that becomes very interesting. You know, another game that, that really interests me this week, it's a game we already talked about a little bit, Vanzi, but, you know, Kent goes to Bowling Green on Saturday, 5 o'clock from the Stroh Center. These are two teams to me, again, very kind of middle of the road thus far in the MAC, and I think whichever one of these teams wins this game, they have the upper hand in being able to, you know, kind of propel themselves here for the second half of the conference season, kind of get a leg up on the other to get a little bit of a better seed come conference tournament time in Cleveland. So definitely another one to keep your eye on there. A lot of good games in the Mac this week, you know, on men's and on the men's and the women's side, we're getting to that point now where some of those games that had been postponed from earlier in the season are starting to be rescheduled. So we have a very full slate on both sides of the fence this week in the Mac. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's trans over, transition over to the women's side here, Vanzi. A big, a busy week on the women's side as well. Uh, we've been talking about it, and I think to me, Vanzi, the story of the week for me uh, on the women's side of the fence is the Ohio Bobcats. We've been talking about how you know they they dealt with a big COVID pause earlier in the season, dealt with some, you know, they knocked some rust off after coming back from that COVID pause. But they, this week, it looks like they have found their footing. They're starting to make their move. A 3-0 and week for the Bobcats, including victories over Buffalo and Toledo, who were the top two teams in the conference coming into this week. Ohio now has won three in a row. They're 11-5 and overall, 5-2 and in the MAC. CeCe Hooks was incredible this past week, earned player of the week on the women's side of the fence, and uh, really had had two great games uh, this week against, uh, again, in, in really, I'm not going to call them must-win games, but I mean, they're play, you're playing the two top teams in the conference, win both games, Buffalo and Toledo, put put in with there a, a nice win versus Bowling Green as well. A really, really big week for Ohio. And, uh, you know, I've been waiting for them to kind of make their move, Vanzi, and it seems like they're finally starting to assert themselves. I feel like it's a three-team race after this week. 
Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Um, you know, I, I think you're kind of seeing that separation again. Ohio's one of the, you know, just the whole community. They just get around their, their basketball teams and, uh, you know, great fan support and, and a really a good team down there who's had an up and down run of it. But you talk about teams coming out on the men's side, coming out of a COVID pause and getting back into the swing of things. And I, I think we've seen that with Ohio, but I think, you know, you can say now that they're back. I mean, you know, there's only seven days in a week. And if you can win three games, you know, you're, you've got a real nice week. You know, I mean, that's, you know, putting it simply, but, uh, you know, just very impressive. I mean, beating Bowling Green by 15 points, you know, I mean, Bowling Green, I mean, they're not, not terrible. You know, they're, yeah. they're a solid program. So yeah, Ohio looks like they put themselves kind of in that mix. And then you got some other results. I mean, you know, I mean, Buffalo, I think we're ready to kind of anoint them and they had kind of a up and down week, you know, and then, uh, you know, but for me, for Ohio to beat Toledo, I think that was kind of, you know, the statement after Toledo beat Buffalo and then Ohio beat Toledo, it just kind of felt okay to be the champ. You got to beat the champ, kind of that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what we saw. Yeah. And and you, I'm glad you brought up Buffalo because, you know, we were talking last week uh, on the show about how, you know, Buffalo and Toledo neck and neck, both undefeated at the top of the standings, Buffalo, we were, you know, we sat here last week and talked about how Buffalo was five and oh, well, they, they must've heard us talking and started patting themselves on the back because they promptly lost three in a row this week, uh, including, you know, the, the last one was a little bit of a head scratcher that loss at home to, uh, to ball state the other night. And that's, that's one there where it really feels like to me, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, you know, there's so Buffalo is so, I don't want to say they're dependent on one player in Diasha fair, but I mean, she is the best player in the conference. And when, when she doesn't have her best night, uh, this, this team really struggles. And you look at the ball state game. I mean, yeah, she scored, you know, she scored 22 points in this game, but she's only seven for 20 from the field, one for four from three point land. You know, and, and whenever you have a player that you're so dependent on to generate offense, they have an off night. That's bound to happen every once in a while. I do want to go back just to go back to Ohio really quickly. Um, I, you know, I mentioned CeCe Hooks briefly. I can't believe we missed this uh, a couple weeks back, but she actually just recently on January 15th became the all-time leading scorer in the history of Ohio women's basketball, got her 2,449th point uh, in the game on uh, January 15th against Central Michigan. So congratulations to CeCe. We apologize for uh, not talking about that in real time. I don't know how that one uh, missed my missed my radar. But, you know, you mentioned Vanzi. Yeah, a, a tough week for Buffalo, a good week for Ohio. The Bobcats go 3-0. and The Bulls go 0-3. Even Toledo picks up their first loss of, uh, of, the, of the conference schedule with that loss to Ohio. Another team, though, Vanzi, that we haven't talked about a ton on the, on the pod this year, but uh, quietly a, a really nice week from Ball State. You know, I mentioned them going up to Buffalo and knocking off the, uh, the Bulls. Well, that was part of uh, the Cardinals putting together a 3-0 and week of their own. They knocked off Central Michigan and Miami of Ohio, both at home. Then they go on the road to Buffalo and pick up the 72-70 victory uh, just the other night. So all of a sudden, Ball State now sitting at 5-4 and in the conference, 12-7 and overall. And this is a team that really seems to be coming together. Anna Clefane uh, had a couple nice games this week. She leads the team six, 16 points a game. I, I liked what I saw from the Cardinals this week. It seems like the Cardinals, uh, kind of uh, similar to Ohio, starting to get their feet underneath them, starting to gel a little bit as a team, and it's starting to show on the court. They've won, you know, three in a row, uh, you know, four of their last six. I, you know, I think it seems like to me uh, the Cardinals are starting to kind of get things going in the right direction. 
Yeah, and again, I mean, you know, they're on the women's side of things, they're making that push for Cleveland just the same as the men's, you know, and you got the top programs and then you don't have a lot of separation between anyone else. Well, you start piling on some, you know, two and one, three and O type weeks here down the stretch. And all of a sudden you're going from on the outside, you know, looking in to getting that ticket punch for, you know, beautiful snowy Cleveland. You know, and I, I think you're seeing that with Ball State, a team that I think a lot of us felt that they could you could write off, and now they're back, you know, right there in the in the thick of things. And then uh, you know, Western Michigan, another team that we've kind of had, you know, came around on and were kind of penciling in as a team that was gonna go to Cleveland. Well, hey, you know, they lose to Bowling Green 67-51, and all of a sudden, you know, the narrative of well, is this team for real comes back. So there's some opportunity there, you know. So some of your like when Buffalo goes 0-3 in a week it really says I mean outside of Toledo and Ohio really anyone has got a shot at this yeah it's it's so true and you know you look at the the standings on the women's side I know we talked about this a little bit last week but I mean you got Toledo I'm sorry you got Ohio in second place at five and two Northern Illinois at in uh, in eighth place at three at uh, four and four. So you have a game and a half separating second place and eighth place in the conference right now. Really, really kind of a, a traffic jam there in the middle. And Vansy, you know, we, we've talked a, a lot about, you know, teams trending upwards right now. Um, and wanted to touch on real quickly, a team kind of, it seems like they're going in the opposite direction. It's unfortunate, but, but it's, you know, it kind of is what it is, is that, you know, we've talked about Kent state a lot on the podcast here, right? Where, a incredible performance in the non-conference schedule. They beat UCLA, they beat Penn State, a close loss to UMass, who's a good program. And you come in, you know, they come into conference play at eight and one with those aforementioned very nice victories. And you think, okay, Kent State is a team to be taken seriously in the conference this year. And since conference play has happened, it just has not been able to come together for for the Golden Flashes. A one and two week this week, two straight losses to close out the week to Buffalo and to Northern Illinois. The, the Flashes now sit two and six in the conference. You know, Vansy, when they lost their first three games in the conference, we started to think to ourselves, okay, They've stumbled a little bit, plenty of time here. They come back after that three-game losing streak, and they knock off Ball State to get back in the win column, and you start to think to yourself, okay, maybe Kent State's getting back on track here. They have some big games coming up, some chances to, to get some good wins and start to climb back up the standings. But since that Ball State win a couple weeks ago, they've gone one and three since then. And again, they now sit two and six in the conference. It's, it's been a tough couple months for Golden State as they uh, as it looks like, you know, I, I think I just called them Golden State. It's been a tough couple months for Kent State since the conference play started. And uh, they are certainly not playing like Golden State right now. Uh, the Golden Flash has been—it's been a tough couple weeks for them. Yeah, I was looking at my notes, and you said Golden State. I, you know, like all of a sudden, I'm like, oh wait, what? What did I miss here? But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, their non-conference was so good, you know, and it's just so surprising to me that the 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 conference season—I don't know if the you know monsters or whatever from space jam took their talents or what at this point, but non-conference game was so strong and they had such a strong momentum coming into conference play. And it's just been the opposite for Kent state, you know, and when where the Kent state men had kind of struggled to start to round into form, it's just been the opposite on a woman's side of things. And, you know, really, I mean, that's a team, Hey, if they get to Cleveland, maybe they find that first half of the season mojo and kind of, you know, sneak up on somebody and ruin somebody's presumed party. Um, but right now you got to have some concerns. I mean, you know, NIU, not a, not a great woman's program, you know, and to lose that game, that's a tough one. 
Yeah, it's certainly, uh, you know, it, again, maybe it is just the, the, the flashes were playing a little bit above their, their weight, you know, punching a little bit above their weight in the non-conference schedule. And it's, uh, it's, it's certainly been, it's been tough sledding for the Golden Flashes here the last couple of weeks as, uh, as conference play has unfolded. Uh, we got a, we got a, a big slate of games on, on the women's side this week, Vanzi. As I mentioned, we were talking about the men's, uh, you know, a lot of those games from earlier in the season that have been, you know, that had been postponed or starting to be rescheduled right now. Got a lot of interesting games this week, some, some rivalry matchups, uh, some, you know, some games that are going to have some implications in the standings coming down the stretch here. Anything that you got uh, circled or highlighted on your schedule that, uh, that you're going to be keeping an eye on? Well, real quick, I do want to touch on two things that I, I had written down here. Sure. Um, Ariana Combs for Eastern Michigan, the 24th 1,000-point scorer in EMU women's basketball history. Probably the best player in the MAC that we don't get to talk about because the women's basketball team at EMU isn't doing that great this year. And then also, I was shocked by this, uh, and I might pronounce his last name wrong, Sammy uh, Mikon of Toledo. Single game program record the other night against Ohio, 22 rebounds. Wow. 22. Yeah. So I just, you know, box score watching all of that. I wanted to get those in. Um, here on the week ahead, I, you know, I think you look at Saturday, Toledo Bowling Green rivalry game. That's always, you know, a fun one. Uh, but also on Saturday, you got Ohio Western Michigan. You know, can Western yeah. Michigan, you know, who looked like one of the best teams in the MAC? Uh, all season long can they write that ship and kind of get back into the mix and boy when I look at this also Ball State Ohio but when I look at this week's schedule it really feels like the schedule makers really liked last week because this mm. week compared to last week just seems a little light on the uh, impact games yeah yeah I hear you yeah you know I'm, I'm you mentioned Western Michigan um, I, a couple games that I have scheduled this week, or I should say one, one game specifically I have circled this week uh, involving the Broncos is uh, they, they travel to Akron on, uh, let me see here, what, what day is that game? They, tra- they travel to Akron on Wednesday of next week. And those are two teams, Western Michigan and Akron, really, really seem to be uh, playing above expectations this year. Western Michigan sitting at 4-2 and two in the conference, currently third. Uh, Akron sitting at 5-3. and three. They only won four MAC games all of last season. So those, to me, those two teams have been kind of the, the biggest, uh, I, would, I would say, pleasant surprises on the women's side of things here in, uh, in conference play thus far. So I'm really looking forward to that game. And interesting, you know, I've noticed this about the MAC, that they, you know, there's, there's some interesting start times here uh, for some of these women's basketball games. Western Michigan travels to Akron next Wednesday, tip off at 11 a.m. there uh, on Akron's campus. Interesting, you also mentioned, um, you know, you t- we talked a little bit about Bowling Green. I'm interested to see what Bowling Green can do this week. They seem like they're starting to get some things together. They, they uh, have one their last two games uh, this week, they get to take on, they take on Toledo on Saturday, and then they also take on, they travel to um, Western Michigan on Monday night. So a couple big games there uh, for the Huskies. A couple of these teams, you know, Bowling Green, Northern Illinois, Akron, these teams that have aspirations of getting to Cleveland, there's some games this week that are going to uh, allow them to, well, they're, they're going to be able to make their case whether or not they belong. So certainly an interesting, uh, interesting week uh, on the week ahead in, uh, in Mac basketball, both on the men's and the women's side. So I know it's the, the, you got the conference championship games in the NFL this week. Certainly though, we think you should make some time and watch some Mac hoops, uh, in the meantime to, to, to break up the pigskin a little bit. Speaking of the pigskin, Vanzi, before we get out of here, we'd like to get your opinions. Who's, who's going to the Super Bowl? 
Well, uh, I'm an EMU guy, so I will go with uh, EMU offensive lineman Andrew Wiley and the Kansas City Chiefs over the Bengals. And as a long-suffering Detroit Lions fan, it pains me to say it, but I think Stafford and the Rams, they, I yeah. think they, they get over the 49ers, um, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, I think that, I think that's what I'm feeling. And I, I got a bad feeling that, that at least one of those games is not going to be close at all. I don't know which one, but I got a bad feeling. I, I could definitely see that. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And I tend to agree with your picks as well. I mean, it's been an incredible run that the 49ers have been on here over the last couple of weeks, but Man, I don't. They had no business winning that game at Lambeau Field. I, I don't. I don't mind at all seeing the Packers and Aaron Rodgers lose. But man, I, 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 I still can't figure out how Green Bay gave that game away. I don't know who the special teams coordinator is up there, but he, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be out of work soon. And I also, gotta, I, don't hey, know, I don't know that he still is the special teams coordinator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe they, they probably got rid of him already. I just missed it. I also got to give you a shout you a shout out here, Vansy. I know we, this is audio only. We got no video here, but my goodness, the Eastern Michigan is that the is that the official baseball hat of the, the team? That's it's like the you got the old, the Eagle logo. I got I see the Eastern Michigan with the E shirt. You got the E logo on the shirt too. Really, you looking good. That you look like you look like you could go play second base for the Eagles tomorrow. You know, I'm trying to make it warmer. It's been so cold. You know, I start getting into <laughs> baseball and I start thinking about it. I mean, the other day I was shoveling snow, listening to John Fogarty in, uh, in center field. But um, no, the, the hat is not a, a, the official team hat. It's just kind of one that they did. Uh, the baseball coach, Eric Roof, there at EMU. Um, hooked me up a year ago, allowed me to purchase some of the gear. And then uh, actually one of the former players sent me uh, the shirt that I have on, you know, said, Hey, I don't have a use for it. You want it? You know, you like EMU. I love wearing it out. Cause people are like, Whoa, did you play? I mean, it's got a number on the sleeve. All oh, kinds yeah. Of you know, I go, I go to the store people are like, did you play? And you know, I, I can pretend that I have some athletic ability. <laughs> Good stuff. All the EMU hookups. I love it. I love hearing that, man. Well, awesome. Well, speaking of baseball, folks, we got, we're about three weeks away from Mac baseball. So coming up here in the next couple of weeks, we'll be doing a, a, a full baseball preview for you. I know my man Vansy here, a, a big college baseball guy. So we'll be here to break down everything for you. Uh, for that, for now though, for this week, we appreciate you stopping by as always for, for Zach Vanuenzi. I am Zach Falador. This has been episode 81 of the Mac bandwagon. Thanks for stopping by this week, folks. We'll talk to you next Friday.